Welcome to another episode of Bikini Things. You got Laura here recording in the home studio, and I've got an extra special guest, Dr. Kirsten Singler, and she is a board-certified naturopathic doctor and clinical director at Lee Regenerative Medical Institute in Huntington Beach, California. She specializes in hormone replacement therapy, longevity, and functional medicine, and we're going to have a really amazing discussion today and provide you, the listener, a lot of valuable information. So before we jump right into it, I do have to just read off a little disclaimer, and that is that the content and discussion in this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health concerns or medical conditions. All right, guys, let's jump right into the episode. Happy Friday. I'm so excited to have you, Dr. Singler. Thank you, Laura. I'm excited too. Yeah, I've been been looking forward to this this episode for a long time. And I think you're just such a wealth of information. And I'm such a fan of the work that you do and that both doctors at Lee Regenerative do that this is an episode. I'm I'm just really excited to bring the information out to the listeners and give them access to someone like yourself. Likewise, a mutual appreciation because I'm excited about your, the brand that you're building and I just love your passion and I am really appreciative to have the platform to talk about these topics because they're important, very important. Wonderful. So maybe a good place to start. I know you, I've been coming to Lee Regenerative for at least, I would say at least three to four years now. I know it's been at least three years. Maybe you could introduce yourself and just give a little bit of of background, you know, what you, what you studied in school and kind of how you came to be in the position you are today. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm a board certified naturopathic doctor And I joined Lee Regenerative Medicine in 2017, started working with Dr. Lee, who has a long history of working in sports medicine, especially with U.S. Olympic athletes. And because of that, our office attracts a lot of pro athletes, athletes in general, bodybuilders, you know, such as yourself, anybody in the athletic category. And we see a a range of patients that are basically in the athletic community um, who are coming in, who want their nutrients evaluated, want to do a deep dive into like electrolytes, their vitamins, amino acids, double check their liver function, kidney function, all of those uh, lab evaluations. And then we, we also on the other end of the spectrum, see their clients, you know, so I think you're a good example of that, you know, that we get a lot of referrals of people that are doing, who are already established in their community, in their athletic community, and then are sending in their, their clients who are either not getting the results that they're striving for. So we're evaluating their hormones, double-checking their thyroid function or like their insulin metabolism to make sure that there's no pathology underlying that's inhibiting or compromising their goals. And um, it's been an interesting journey because I've really gotten to partner with Dr. Lee. And, uh, and in a lot of ways, he's been a mentor in that field, you know, because he's been in the sports community for 30 years, you know, so he's like, the godfather of, you know, 
I want to say like athletic sports medicine, you know, and then I'm in some ways carrying on his brand, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty incredible. And what would you say maybe sets Lee regenerative in the practice and the work that you guys are doing apart from just going to your normal, um, you know, your normal doctor or just typical MD who might, might be doing your annual checkup or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, a couple things it's probably, well, number one, uh, the comprehensive evaluation. So we're typically going to do a little bit more of a deep dive into the lab evaluation or other indicators, you know, the, which we could get into, but it's basically doing a deeper dive because I'm a naturopath. That means that we're always going to be looking at like root cause underlying factors. We always want to look at the nutrients and sometimes that becomes more complex depending on patient presentation. You know, if people have a lot of other, you know, GI issues. So, so gastrointestinal issues and uh, hormone imbalances, then we are going to work up more factors in their labs. Like for example, primary care usually is going to run a TSH, but only they'll only run a TSH if there's significant issues. You know, if the patient has like water retention, cold intolerance, hair loss, a number of symptoms, we're going to run a TSH regardless, because we want to know if there's something underlying here, um, we want to screen for it. We want to catch it ideally before people have symptoms. So that's our goal. And then we're also going to run other hormone factors like free T3, free T4, thyroid antibodies. And those labs will pop up positive quite often, Mm -hmm. you know? So the whole agenda is just to be a little bit more proactive and more comprehensive And then the other component that is absolutely different than primary care has to do really with Dr. Lee's specialty in the field in sports medicine, because there's very few physicians that have worked for so long with athletes at that caliber. So he pretty much knows what people are taking based on the lab results. You know, I mean, primary care could tell, for example, that someone is eating too many donuts because their A1C, their hemoglobin A1C is high. So similarly in our practice, we can look at the labs and I can, we can see what, if they're on anabolic agents or what other um, hormones they might be taking or, you know, common in the bodybuilder, like industry is like uh, diuretics, or we can get into some of the nitty gritty Mm -hmm. details on those. But it's obvious in the lab report and within primary care, they can't put, well, you know, I, I might be speaking disparagingly. I hope if any MDs out there are listening that I'm not being disparaging, but I do see it all the time that people come from their primary care and they have like erythrocytosis, high red blood count, and their primary care doesn't know why that's happening. But I'll, I'll, I look at that and I'm like, oh you're on too much testosterone. I know what's happening. You got to go donate blood and let's talk about this. You know, so it's like we have an inside scoop into the industry, basically, you know, what people are taking and what factors are affected in their labs. Yeah. And that actually, that makes a lot of sense now that you put it like that, because 
what I'm finding as I work with more and more clients and, you know, whether they're just trying to lose weight and get in shape or do a bikini competition, having them get access to thorough blood work has been challenging. Like I'm having to work with so many of my clients, you know, they'll get their lab results back and I'm like, wait, where's the rest of it? Cause I'm so used to all the health markers that we go through together. So it's, um, I think that's a very valid point is like, yes, maybe they're doing some blood work, but it's not maybe to the same level of detail. Um, and so therefore the information you're getting out of that may not be the same just level of detail either. And you hinted at a couple, couple really interesting topics that I do want to dive into for the sake of, for the sake of our conversation and the podcast being primarily focused around, you know, the bikini athlete, or really just like, you know, a female who's wanting to be fit and healthy mm-hmm. and active, all of those things, hormones and thyroid really come into play, especially for women. I would really love to, to talk about maybe what are, what are some of the common issues that women can run into, whether they're a bodybuilder or just, you know, your average woman who just wants to get in shape and maybe, you know, lean out a little bit. What are, what are some of the things that are a little more unique to women that we might see? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, well, and there's women in general, um, which we would, we could term like natural fitness advocates, uh, fit, you know, um, women who are just aspiring for their best health ever. And then there's a category that's, uh, more in the competition category of, um, like specifically in the, uh, body competition. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we can maybe differentiate a little bit. I, I like to call it sort of competition prep meaning that we're, uh-huh. you know, whether it's bikini or figure, or, you know, oh, yeah. women's bodybuilding, something like that. What are, what are some of the things I guess that can come up either just for mm-hmm. your average fitness enthusiast who wants to get in shape mm-hmm. or that, that woman who's putting herself through a competition prep and trying to get to that extreme level of mm-hmm. leanness for, for a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Um, distinguishers. Um, so for someone who's more in that, like average, not competition category um some of the markers that we always want to double check especially if they're not hitting their goals you know it's one thing if you have a client or i would have a patient that is working out on a routine basis they're eating healthy and they're hitting their goals you know and it's another thing if they're not hitting their goals so usually i'm going to see the patients that are not hitting their goals cuz otherwise they're happy <laughs> they're where they mm-hmm. want to be um so that group of people that I'll uh, evaluate very commonly are going to have some underlying factor that hasn't been picked up and i mean if if somebody's not hitting their goals and they're earnestly executing those plans, there usually is always an underlying factor, whether it's like PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, where they're getting insulin uh, irregularities that cause like abdominal weight gain, really, really hard to lose that adipose tissue, much harder than somebody else who doesn't have PCOS. Um, So then we've got to identify that. You know, we've got to run a fasting insulin and see where they're at because it really should be somewhere, I mean, definitely under an eight, um, you know, and I'm surprised regularly that otherwise uh, patients that have that condition will be up over 20 or 40, you know, but their blood sugar, their A1C is just fine. But you see those telltale signs in the labs. Mm. So evaluating for hormone imbalances, 
insulin imbalances, which can cause weight issues, um, thyroid imbalances. So that would be, um, for example, Hashimoto's is an autoimmune thyroid condition that can go undetected. You know, if you don't have a ton of symptoms, if you can still get to work and drive your car and get your groceries, you know, uh, patients wouldn't have gotten worked up through their primary care, you know. Um, so we run like their antibodies for their thyroid, their T3, free T3, free T4, that TSH. So all those markers I was just talking about, but the thyroid basically governs your metabolism. So if there's an underlying thyroid condition and somebody's trying to work out three, five times a week and they're eating meticulously and they're not losing weight, I mean, they could work out 10 days a week, you know, but they're still not really going to get those results mm -hmm. until they identify that and get a treatment for it, you know, and those treatments can vary. Um, and then some other hormone imbalances specific for women. Another big one actually is estrogen dominance. And that gets a little convoluted into like modern life exposure to xenohormones, um, some bacteria infections can cause that some birth control can cause that. Um, but basically when the estrogen goes up too high, unchecked by progesterone, then the estrogen causes those fat cells to swell. So a, a fat cell, an adipose should be like, say the size of like a lentil, right? For, mm -hmm. for analogy, okay. yep. a little bitty lentil. And if you have estrogen dominance, then that fat cell can swell up to the size of like a lima bean, you know, and it's not that the person got more fat per se. It's just that those fat cells are very big. And then stuff like cellulite is really prominent, or it's just harder to get the results. It's harder to see your results in like the lean muscle development if you have a layer of really puffy water-filled fat cells. So getting those imbalances identified and then normalized really can help women hit their results, get the results. Yeah. yeah. And so let's take that example of the female who's in a competition prep. Mm -hmm. So how might the competition prep um, potentially creep, I mean, and I, I guess I'm making an assumption here, create some of these issues mm -hmm. and how could you potentially go about remediating these issues um, after, after the prep is over? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, okay. So that would be a separate category, like the competition prep category. Um, and it depends if the person is natural or if they're going through the rigors of all that's available that I've seen people come in um, taking as they're going through a prep and a good example actually would be like, this is a case example. And this was a real patient, uh, a patient that I love in case she's listening <laughs> in case she comes across this and identifies herself. One of my favorite people. Okay. Um, but when she came in, she was coming in, in prep, um, passing out, hit her head, um, having a lot of issues. And the, the thing is, the reason why she's passing out is because she was on a diuretic. Why is she on a diuretic? Well, she's trying to get lose that water weight, right? Um, also on some of the substances like growth hormone, you know, because growth hormone can cause water retention. So then the people are going to take a diuretic and then that's causing their electrolytes to become imbalanced 
And with those electrolyte imbalances, they're passing out. They get blood pressure irregularities. And I don't know if it's something we want to jump into right off the bat, but um, a lot of the prep that women will undergo um, really does mess with like their liver and their kidneys, their electrolytes and their blood pressure. And all of those things work as a system together, you know, so it's something that can definitely, definitely cause harm to the body, you know, and that's why I think it's important to talk about this stuff so that people know what they're getting into. They know that it's not like a casual affair and they know what to have worked up and evaluated by their doctors so that they're not going to hurt themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great example. And I do want to get into all those side effects for sure. Maybe just to, to kind of like, you know, just sort of make it nice Uh and easy to follow for the listener, say a listener that doesn't have a lot of background in this. What if we just maybe talk about like the impacts to say thyroid or Uh hormones when we're prepping. And that could be either for your natural athlete, because plenty Mm -hmm. of, you know, when people, when people say, oh, you know, MPC or IFBB bikini girls are all, they're all juicing. It's like, no, there's most of them are not. Um, there, there are, yes, that there's that too, but for the natural athlete, and then maybe somebody who's taking rather than growth hormone, will get there, but something more of like an anabolic steroid. So something that's, um, introducing maybe the male hormones into a female's body, if they're taking them for the purposes to help Mm -hmm. with the competition prep, like what might, Mm -hmm. what might the prep do to a woman's like thyroid and hormonal health and what, you know, what might we want to do after a prep to make sure that we're staying healthy? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. So, so part of, um, prepping for a competition that, although, you know, it depends on the physiology of the person because there's some people who can prep for bikini um, and they're not going to have any issues. Actually, they've got the physiology for it. They've got the stamina for it. Their thyroid can handle it. They have really strong ovaries, you know, and who knows why some people have really strong ovaries and other people don't, you know, but for example, a basic example would be as women lose their body mass. So all athletes, all female athletes, you know, they'll lose their adiposity. And that comes, you know, with your, you guys' industry is reducing adiposity so that you can see that leanness. Um, So typically if you get under 20% adipose tissue, most women will lose their period. That's called anovulatory cycles. And that means that the ovaries basically are turning off during that time, you know, so that's technically compromising the system because otherwise our, our systems are bathed in hormones. Our ovaries give us hormones so that we have good cognition and energy and good skin and all this stuff, you know, so um, that would be a very obvious example of what you've got to watch out for, but some women don't have a problem with that. You know, some, some women can drop their adipose tissue pretty low and they still have a cycle. Their estrogen is still good. Their progesterone is still good. Their testosterone is still good. Um, that field is not really like thoroughly researched. Um, but you know, there's, there's like things we, we suspect, um, but for the average woman out there, that would be very reasonable to track you know, her, her period, did her period go away as she's getting ready for a competition or training really hard? 
And if her period goes away, then that's telling you you're not getting, uh, you're not ovulating, you know, that the ovaries are shutting down because there's, there's not enough adipose tissue. Um, and similarly, what can happen as women diet is that their thyroid function can decline. And I, I see this all the time in the labs because I have patients that come in for weight, you know, they're coming in because they basically say they damage their metabolism or, you know, they've been dieting and then they reincorporate food at a normal consumptive level and they just start gaining weight like crazy. And you can see that as what, as women diet, as men too, but as we diet, then our body adapts to that reduction in calories. And what happens is that the, the T3 in the lab starts to decline. So that's one of the thyroid hormones. So your thyroid just starts to slow down to match that decreased caloric intake. And that's the metabolism, you know, slowing down. And then if that person is going to reincorporate food later on, then their metabolism is slowed down when they reincorporate that regular, you know, whatever it is, you know, 1800, uh, 2000 calorie diet, then their metabolism isn't there to match it. Mm -hmm. And then they'll gain weight. That's really common. Um, so those are two simple examples um, for a, the average person, you know, as their training. Um, and then there's the more complex scenarios of like incorporating some, some of the anabolic agents, like you mentioned, the anabolics come with a lot of potential side effects. If, especially if it's unmonitored, you, you know, um, and that's not even going into all the problems of like things from the black market, you know, um, that come with a whole other set of problems, but, um, the anabolics generally are gonna number one, uh, potentially cause liver damage, you know, um, increase red blood count, um, can convert to estrogen. So can cause problems with estrogen dominance can cause some aesthetic issues with like hair loss, acne, um, voice changes, um, clitoromegaly, <laughs> you know, that one's no good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that. For, yeah. So that would be what growth of the clitoris. Yeah. Um, and things like hair loss and acne cosmetic, you know, those are transient voice changes, clitoromegaly, those are permanent, you know, so if, but I don't, I don't know that people in your field are dabbling in anabolics to that extreme. That would be unusual. I mean, you would be surprised, Dr. Singler. Um, just not, I'm not saying what, definitely not my clients, but mm -hmm. um, definitely the, the things that competitors are taking nowadays, it seems to, it just always seems like every year, it's just, you hear more and more horror stories or, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to do this episode is, you know, I you know. hate to say it, but there's a lot of very eager women who are excited about competing and they get a coach that's maybe doesn't have their best interest at heart. And will just put them on things that maybe are really only for men, you know, mm -hmm. really intent, you know, are very risky for women and mm -hmm. the girls will either not know what they're taking or they don't understand the side effects mm -hmm. and they'll just take them anyway. So there's, I feel like there's greater and greater chances of harm these days because there is, you know, it seems all these compounds, they seem to be very prevalent and more and more people want to do this because they see it on social media or they've had friends that competed and they're not thinking long-term. They're thinking very short-term perspective and not doing their research. 
and again, that's why that's why I was so excited to chat with you is we've gotten, you know, very lucky to be interviewing someone who's an expert and can speak to all these risks from a medical perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I a hundred percent agree. And you know, I've seen those labs, you know, we have on a routine basis people that come in and they're um referred by their trainer or they find our their way to our office because Dr. Lee has that uh, reputation. And um, we look at their labs and, and the labs are a mess, you know, um, not everybody, you know, I can speak like there's, there's people that come in that actually they're natural, their physiology tolerates what they want to do. And then there's other people that they're, they're working either with a trainer that, like you said, is um, driven by, you know, it doesn't have their best interest in mind um, or, they just don't know what they're doing. You know, they're just taking stuff, you know, they don't even really, actually, they don't even know what they're taking, you know, Um, and those labs, well, the labs tell you everything. You can see plain as day, you know, if somebody's damaging their liver, guess what? Their liver enzymes go up. If the kidney function is deteriorating, it will show in the labs, you know, you see your GFR and creatinine will decline. The electrolytes are on there. And a lot of these things have crossover, you know, so like, for example, an anabolic agent, simple as testosterone that increases like the red blood count, the red blood count can then increase blood pressure. Okay. And then something like um, thyroid. So say somebody's trainer gives them a bunch of thyroid to lose weight quick, right? Lean out quick. Well, thyroid medication that can increase blood pressure and then take another one, for example, like clenbuterol, right? Mm -hmm. That can increase blood pressure. So you have all these things that are increasing blood pressure and then guess who pays the price? The kidneys, because high, high blood pressure really does hurt the kidneys. And then especially like with clenbuterol, it depletes potassium. So then you've got that extra, you know, the potassium wasting, that hurts the kidneys. So it's like all this pressure on those organs, you know, and well, I mean, you see it in the labs. Like I said, you know, like our patient that came in that was having issues passing out and we were like, you can't, you can't take, you can't do this. You know, this is, it's definitely not worth it. You know, we don't want to look good in a coffin, you know, it's not worth it. Yeah. 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 and some of those compounds you mentioned you did a great job enumerating some of the side effects for anabolic compounds or, mm-hmm. um, you know, androgenic anabolic compounds, right? But things like clenbuterol, which is a, um, a nervous system stimulant, right? Or um, what was the other one? Uh, cytomel, uh, just, the thyroid one. Yeah, thyro- mm-hmm. thyroid, but especially clenbuterol. I mean, a risk of that, I, you could put like what stroke or heart attack in that list, couldn't you, if your dose is too high? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it's, there there are athletes that will take, even if they're working with a trainer or coach that will take more than their coach is telling them to. And one like that and specifically Mm -hmm. is very dangerous. Um, if you're taking a a dosage that's too high. Yeah, I know. And then combined with thyroid, then combined with a nice little caffeine pre-workout, that's too much. You know, that's the blood pressure will be sky high. And some of this stuff is just undetected because otherwise the person is just, 
you know, they're just training, they're just doing their thing. Everybody is congratulating them because they look so great. So they just feel like, yay, I'm, I'm doing it. But you know what, if they just went into a doctor's office and had their vitals taken, you know, then they would get that assessment. They would get a third party insight telling them, oh, this is, this is not good. You know, you can't walk around with blood pressure at that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's uh, that jogged my memory, the diuretics as well. That's when we see mm-hmm. more so male bodybuilders, when we see deaths in bodybuilding, typically they're attributed to the diuretics, correct? Because they're causing kidney failure or some type of organ failure. Yeah. Or, or heart. The, or heart the, the guys really have an issue with the heart because um, they're on such high doses of those anabolics. So they're getting like cardiomegaly, they're, they're getting a lot of heart disorders. Plus with that red blood count, women are less prone to have issues with the red blood count because women menstruate. So women are going to, you know, dump some of that extra, uh, red blood cell that is otherwise going to cause thick clotty blood. But nowadays a lot of women are on birth control, so they're not getting a menstruation. So you'll see that in the labs now, you know, that, women will show up with a high red blood count too, similar to men. But again, eventually they come off the birth control. They're going to menstruate a little bit or something, but men never menstruate. (laughs) So, (laughs) so they're definitely, I mean, if, if the guys aren't seeing a doctor, then they're, they're definitely running a huge risk. Taking Mm -hmm. testosterone without seeing a doctor is playing with fire. I mean, it's so yeah, deep. That's good. Good to know. I definitely want to get into a little bit more about what would be typical or what is considered maybe less risky yeah. from a health perspective for women and kind of demystify that a little bit. But in terms of, we were talking about sort of the hormonal and thyroid issues. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say whether, again, whether we've got our natural athlete or our athlete who might be supplementing with additional compounds what are some things after the prep is over you can do to rebalance? Let's say, you know, maybe a natural athlete, maybe their thyroid is out of whack, or maybe you have an enhanced athlete who's taking T3 Mm -hmm. to increase their metabolism. And now, now that they're off of it, they're finding, oh my gosh, I'm gaining all this weight. You know, maybe potentially they've even caused themselves to become hypothyroid or something what are some things they could do in those cases, whether they've got hormonal imbalances or thyroid issues after the prep to try to get themselves back to full health? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that question. And uh, absolutely get their labs run to see where they're at, um, to see what aspects are abnormal, you know, because it may be all of the above or just one. Um, so let's do an example of someone who's all natural, who did some caloric restricting and hard training, but they didn't take anything, um, that, uh, person would run the risk of just lowering their metabolism and, um, something that would be simple, um, would be something along the lines of like reverse dieting so that rather than just jumping right into, uh, a typical eating pattern that they work with a coach, work with a nutritionist so that they can build their calories back in slowly and then build their metabolism back up. And I have seen that work so nicely, um, for a number of patients and, you know, it always just like 
I, I think it just turns turns your head upside down to think like, oh, you can lose weight by increasing your calories. Mm -hmm. um, so it's something we're all still like grappling with that that's a possibility. But clinically, I've seen that, you know, so I think it's important to share with your li listeners that that's a legitimate. Yeah, I love that you said that. I always I always like to talk about how important reverse dieting is after a show. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, good. Yeah, so it's real. I've seen it too. Um, it's important. So that would be like the all natural candidate. Um, they could also potentially take supplements depending on their nutrient status for like iodine and selenium, because that's what we need to promote our thyroid production, like thyroid hormones, um, try iodine, you know, that's like T3 that comes from the thyroid is made out of iodine. So try iodine. So we have to make sure that we have enough iodine in our foods or in our vitamins to make enough thyroid hormone. And then there's also supplements that can help support the thyroid, like ashwagandha. Um, there's a number of them that are usually in like thyroid support complexes, like over the counter thyroid mm -hmm. support complexes. Um, that can help again, support that metabolism, rebuilding the metabolism. Um, and then other, uh, supplements or protocols that would help reestablish the, the sex hormones. I love one of my favorite ones is called chase berry, chase berry, our ancestors, you know, our great grandmothers were using this and it's a botanical, it's a little berry from a tree and, um, it helps the ovaries kick back in. So I use that particular botanical anytime I have like a fertility patient who's been on birth control, who now wants to come off of birth control and reestablish good ovulatory cycles um, in anticipation of fertility. Chaseberry is great for that. Um, also use it for women that are getting those anovulatory cycles, you know, because maybe their body mass came down too low. Um, it's great for that PCOS example that I was talking about. So abnormalities of the ovaries where the ovaries aren't ovulating, um, chaseberry helps those ovaries kick back in. So they're going to ovulate and that helps regulate the hormones. Um, gosh, there's so many supplements I love. I'll go on and on. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, would yeah. be, I guess a good, a good question for you too is, so let's say that example, like a woman has lost her period through the competition prep, right. Which is, is not ideal, but it definitely happens. That's a frequent, frequent mm -hmm. occurrence for female competitors. Mm -hmm. At what point, let's say we're doing our reverse diet. So the show's over, we're doing our reverse diet. We're, you know, on track, trying to get our body healthy again. At what point should we be concerned if the period has not returned? Oh, at what point? Yeah. After um, the show. Um, yeah, that's, that could go like, that, it's such a broad question. Um, and you're assuming that the person had a let's, cycle. Let's, yeah. Let's say they had a normal cycle, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, and let's, let's say there no, no anabolics or anything to add <laughs> confusion to it. Just natural, mm -hmm. natural athlete. Um, they're doing their reverse diet. So, you know, Keep in mind uh -huh. that's a slower process to get your calories up. So mm -hmm. at what at what point? I know it will vary a lot, but at what point should we be like, hey, I need to really dig in and go see some experts to help try to get my body back in back in line or just get my hormonal health in check? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So assuming that they're as they're reverse dieting, they're 
actually gaining a little bit more of their fat mass back because um, medically, you know what, if a woman's under 20, if they're under like seven, I think the number is 17% body fat. Uh, if they're, if that's suppressed medically, um, it may be normal, just not even to get a cycle back, you know, like we unfortunately see that with, with anorexics and, you know, so that adipose tissue, you know, love it, hate it. It's a double edge. You need some, you need some to have good hormone function. Um, but I think, you know, if you're reverse dieting and you're getting back into just like regular routines, I would give it three months. And if a cycle hasn't returned, then I would absolutely evaluate and do like a pelvic ultrasound, make sure there's no polycystic ovarian, um, double check with your gynecologist, run your labs. Uh, and speaking of the labs, um, a good time to run your labs, um, usually it's going to be, you know, if you're getting a cycle, if you're, if you do get return of menstruation is that day 21 through 25 of the, of your long monthly cycle. So not a menstruation, but you know, your whole 28 day cycle, because that day 21 through 25, it's the week before a person would get their period is when you should see a spike in your progesterone. And Mm -hmm. that tells you if your, if your ovaries are kicked in, because actually a lot of our patients are coming in, um, because they want to make sure that they didn't compromise their fertility. It's not just menstruation. Like the patients that I see are not so much concerned about whether or not they're getting their period. They're concerned about whether or not they're ovulating because they still want to have a family. You know, they want to go through their performance and their sports, but they don't want to compromise um, the ability to form a family. Mm -hmm. So that would be a main benchmark to track. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's great advice. Um, and so how might, how might birth control play into this? Like we were talking about yeah. hormonal, hormonal balances and balances. What is, what is that going to do for either, I guess, example of our natural athlete or our enhanced athlete? Oh yeah, absolutely. And two different case scenarios. So mm-hmm. like for natural athlete birth control could, um, inhibit their out their performance because birth control suppresses testosterone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, hormonal birth control or all birth control. Um, yeah, right. Okay. Good. Good point. Like there's maybe the one caveat of the copper is it the copper IUD that's non-hormonal. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or topical. So there's, um, and birth control gets complex. There's hundreds of different birth controls, but, um, say oral capsule, birth control, low estrogen, or, you know, mm-hmm. Junel FE, something like that, oral, um, swallowed, you know, pill. Mm-hmm. Um, so the pill, <laughs> um, so that one, uh, usually, uh, lowers testosterone in the labs usually. Um, so if you have lower testosterone, then if you're trying to work out and build muscularity, it's going to be a, a uphill climb for sure. Um, so there's other options, like you mentioned, Marina, which is um, uh, IUD that has progesterone in it. And that it's more topical application. So it's not as likely to suppress testosterone, not, you know, who knows what the labs say, but not as likely. Um, or copper IUD is a good one. Um, Nuva Ring 
uva ring is an estrogen ring mm -hmm. and that is also considered topical you're not swallowing it um some of the patches um anything that's topical is less likely to um, disturb the endocrine system as much as the oral ones um so they might be better choices and then for the for the um non-natural athlete who's on oral birth control and you know orals are the ones that are more going to be problematic a topical birth control is less problematic because the oral uh, ones go through the liver that's called first pass metabolism and that's where all the clotting markers are formed so the pill is always associated uh, um, with increased risk of a blood clot Right. So if somebody is also then taking something like an anabolic, whether it's an oral anabolic like uh, Anavar or, you know, other anabolic agents, those anabolic agents are associated with blood clots. So if they're on both of those things, then that's increasing the risk of getting a blood clot. And that would be a, a real risk to be mindful of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about, yeah. I, know, for, I guess, forgive my ignorance here, but I have to imagine if you're taking something like Anavar, right, which is going to increase, which has an androgenic component to it, right? It's going to elevate your mm -hmm. testosterone as a woman. Mm -hmm. What are you then doing, I guess, adding more female hormones to your body? And then you're also adding, I mean, are you mm -hmm. kind of negating some of the perceived benefits of taking that, that Anavar that's going to help you build muscle. If you're then adding female hormones on top of it, hmm. that's an or just in, or just introducing unnecessary additional hormones to your body. It seems like just from a very rudimentary sense, it seems kind of counterintuitive. You're adding male hormones to your body and then you're further adding female hormones. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, well, the male hormones, um, increase the muscularity, mm -hmm. you know, uh, lean muscle mass. So that's generally why people would be taking those substances. Um, and the female hormones do not increase muscularity. So like estrogen, um, will make your skin nice and plump mm -hmm. and healthy looking, um, and help your brain function and help energy in general. Mm -hmm. Progesterone, uh, one of the other female hormones helps with like naturally, you know, as our body makes it helps our mood, um, uh, helps us sleep and be, you know, agreeable. It's like the agreeable hormone. Mm -hmm. Um, and then women do make testosterone and that's what helps us create our muscle mass, you know? So I think when, um, people are in a training program or something like that, and somebody is recommending for them to take anabolic agents it's because they're looking for that muscle density purely for their muscle density and um for the most part um women oftentimes are trying to suppress their estrogen you know when they're going into competitions so that's another medication that i see side effects from is they'll take you know a, a medication that called anastrozole that suppresses estrogen specifically um, so that they can drain out that water from mm -hmm. the fat cells, you know, so they're less likely to show um, like cellulite or uh, the skin is less plump. You know, we, mm -hmm. 
I like, I, we like plump skin cause we look good with, yeah, plump but on stage we don't, we want to be dry and hard, you know, all those, all those words that we use to describe the look on stage. I know, I know that always, um, you know, again, that's one of those things that turns my mind inside out. Cause I'm like, no, you got to have plump skin to look good. How is this happening people? Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, but in any case, in terms of the, the roles of the hormones, um, people that are using outside agents or like things from their trainer, they are driving their estrogen down most times, you know, they induce like this menopause state for Got themselves. It. So the main risk, because I do see this too, the main risk is like, let's say you're supplementing with an anabolic agent and then taking birth control because a lot of women just take birth control in general. Right. So why would we stop? Mm-hmm. So in terms of a health risk is the main risk you're saying is maybe just blood clotting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That that's just too much. The liver has to process that. So if you're swallowing a pill, the birth control, then it goes to the liver, you know, anything, for example, anything you swallow, your liver's going to process. Okay. Um, and that's different from like Marina IUD that we were talking about that you're not swallowing it. So it goes through second pass metabolism. So it's not going to go straight to the liver and then drive up those clotting markers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's you're, awesome. you're right. The main risk is those blood clots. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. So I think, I think this is probably a good segue to, to chat a little bit about like, what are, what are some of the common compounds that female bodybuilders might use? And, you know, mm-hmm. what are the, I guess, perceived benefits, but also we've talked about them a little bit, but also the risks just to be, you know, really, really clear and mm-hmm. pr- put this information out there for listeners who might be thinking about these things, but might not really fully understand the risks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we had talked about the anabolics at the beginning, um, and the anabolic agents, um, some of them can irritate the liver. Um, so that's where the clotting markers are, right? So if you swallow it, it bothers your liver, you know, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so something along the lines of like, uh, Anavar agent, um, the perceived benefit and I'm in no way, you know, advocating or endorsing this stuff. Um, the perceived benefit is that it hardens muscularity, you know, and it's used medically for menopausal women that are sarcopenic or are getting bone loss to build up their muscularity. So when, when otherwise people are losing their muscle mass, Mm -hmm. um, it can build it back up. So it, it does give benefit for menopausal, but I know people are dabbling in it elsewhere, but, um, the main risk with that one is, uh, liver issues specifically. And you can see it in the labs that the liver enzymes will go up. And um, there's a known phenomenon of a spontaneous liver tumor that can form. Um, It's, it's nothing to, to regard lightly. You know, I, I, if somebody is going to, well, it's just nothing to regard lightly. You know, you got to track your labs and make sure there's no problem there. Um, So that would be something like Anavar. The other anabolic agents are going to vary, usually injectables. Um, The 
the risk with those would be the red blood count primarily, especially if somebody isn't menstruating. Um, because of the high red blood count uh, increase, it can cause blood clots. You know, so it's like that that paired uh, birth control with an anabolic is going to mm -hmm. increase risk yeah. of blood clot in multiple ways by increasing the RBCs and then increasing the clotting factors of the liver. So two mm -hmm. ways. And I would also argue too, um, you know, feel free to correct me if I'm off here, is that typically Anavar is also, you know, the one that's preferred by women because it's less androgenic, meaning less masculinizing than the mm -hmm. other anabolic steroids that are out there. I know. Yes. It has that, it has that reputation. Um, but you know, it weirdly can convert over to estrogen. I know it's not supposed to convert over to estrogen. Um, but it's just, you, you just don't know until you see the labs. Mm -hmm. It's also, I would say it's a compound that's faked often. So even though, you know, if you're not getting it prescribed to you, if you're getting it from your trainer, you know, mm -hmm. just cause it says Anavar on the label doesn't mean that that's actually what it is. I know. I know. So that's the whole convolution of who knows what anybody's taking anyways. And that is a problem. Yeah. What are, I guess, maybe some other things that we've kind of thrown out that I would love to just explain a little more for the listener and why, why they might be risky compounds or what are the, what are the risks with mm -hmm. them? Um, like more and more I'm hearing about women take T3, which to me seems a little bit extreme. Um, Same thing, clenbuterol. That's, I mean, that's been around for a long time as more of fat loss agents, but maybe you could speak to those in a little more detail and what uh, some of the risks of taking those might be. Yeah. Yeah. So T3 is called Cytomel by name brand and then, uh, or Lyothyronine is another name and it's a thyroid hormone. Um, there's natural thyroid hormones called, uh, armor or NP thyroid. So that's what all those substances are. I've even seen, um, over the counter pre-workouts that have upregulated patients, T3s, you know, oh, so wow. that substance has something in it that they're selling as, um, as like a pre-workout OTC. What's the, what was the ingredient? It, so the ingredients were not listed on the label. Oh, like when it's yeah. a proprietary blend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but okay. the patient was having issues with rapid heart, um, hyper, and this is an athlete, you know, this is somebody who should have a heart rate of like 40. I mean, he mm -hmm. runs hundred K's. Okay. So he has normally a low heart rate, um, but rapid heart, insomnia, diarrhea, you know, those are signs of having too much thyroid hormone. And for this patient, I mean, he was just taking a pre-workout. He didn't even know. Um, he wasn't getting it from a trainer or anything. It's just regular over the counter. Um, but when he stopped that pre-workout, his labs normalized and then his symptoms resolved. So that's a, that pre-workout has something in it, you know? Um, but those, those are all the symptoms associated with being on, uh, or overdosed on a thyroid hormone. So racy heart, can't sleep, agitated, anxious, panic attacks. Um, the worst case scenario would be like a thyroid kind of storm where they just, their blood pressure goes up too high. And same, same with the clenbuterol. It's a stimulant. 
you know, so the clenbuterol, especially paired with a thyroid hormone would probably just be too much, you know, for, for the system, you know, yeah. again. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the fact that it just seems like in the last year or two, I've heard about female competitors taking T3 and, um, and more so, I guess, because the reason it's been brought to my attention is a lot of times it seems like those that are maybe taking that, they have these really hard rebounds post prep and rebound tends to refer to maybe an athlete who's gained a lot of weight really rapidly. I mean, can you, can you cause like hypothyroidism? Like if you're taking too much, too much T3 or something like that, what is the healing process post-show? Or if you find yourself in a point where, oh my gosh, my body's not regulating, you know, it's, it's my, my metabolism is nowhere what it used to be. What's going on? Like, how do you get yourself back to full health at that point? Right. Yeah. Actually, that's really important because, um, people can inhibit their thyroid function permanently. Yeah. So, and again, just like the ovaries, some people have ovaries that can rebound really, really well, or magically, you know, these are kind of unicorns, you guys, <laughs> like women that can drop their body fat down to 5% and still have a menstrual cycle are very unique. That's rare. Um, so who knows why their ovaries are fine, but same with the thyroid is that typically the average person out there, if they take a high dose of thyroid, then it's going to inhibit their own thyroid production. Their thyroid says, Oh, somebody else is doing my job. So the thyroid is going to go take a vacation. And if, if you, if you go on too long of a vacation, it's not coming back, you know, and then that person has induced a hypothyroid condition. They've got to be on thyroid medication for the rest of their life. Um, so, you know, that definitely exists. That's a risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if someone wants to inhibit their thyroid, but not completely turn it off and cause it to atrophy, then again, um, circling back around and seeing what nutrients they might be deficient, like the iodine, selenium, those two are huge for the thyroid. Um, if they're low in iodine to replenish it, but only, only if they're low, you know, cause otherwise if you just randomly take iodine, you could actually inhibit your thyroid production. Okay. So it's, it's like one of those you want in the Goldilocks zone. Um, and then some of those supplements that are really nice. Ashwagandha is wonderful to help nourish and heal the thyroid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are those, um, when you said like thyroid supplements, are those similar to sometimes they're called like adrenal support? The adrenals work in tandem with the thyroid. They're like buddies on the same team. And, um, you can nourish the adrenals to help, um, by proxy support the thyroid, but not really directly. Like if if you were low in iodine, it's not really going to help your adrenals. Um, the adrenals, uh, respond more to adaptogens and that, uh, would be like, um, um, like licorice, licorice, uh, tea, licorice, the botanical, not the Twizzler. (laughs) (laughs) Um, licorice nourishes the adrenal glands. Um, maca, if you've ever explored, you know, maca is in a lot of powders. Um, it's a Peruvian radish. It really helps the adrenals. Eleuthero helps the adrenals. Um, ginseng, Chinese red ginseng can help the adrenals, but it is kind of a stimulant. So you got to be careful with that one. 
Um, but that's all under the wheelhouse of adaptogens. And um, I would double check the labs to see if you, if you need an adaptogen that's measuring, basically measuring your cortisol, doing like a salivary cortisol um, or a, a spot check blood test on your cortisol to make sure it's in range. And if your adrenals have fatigued from all that workout and hard training um, and, you know, duress, then um, you can support them, you know, but I wouldn't just randomly just take licorice because, you know, what if you don't need it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great yeah. point. So what, what general advice do you have for female competitors, um, bodybuilders who want to be proactive and, and really take care of their health and, and think long-term? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Get your labs checked, <laughs> go see a doctor, see where you're at. Um, get a baseline, you know, so get your baseline when you're feeling good to know where your levels are at um, make sure there's no underlying conditions, you know, do a deep dive in the labs, get your vitals checked. And um, when you're leading up to a competition, get your labs checked so that, you know, as you, what your levels are at when you're really pushing it, you know, like, for example, if you're all natural, if we've been talking about um, you want to know if your adrenals crash or not, because that will play a huge role in your performance. And it could be as simple as adding in some of those adaptogens that we talked about, or, you know, just dialing in your sleep hygiene or something like that, that helps you for your performance, but also for your recovery after the performance. Um, so yeah, absolutely. See a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. How could people find you or how could people potentially work with you, Dr. Singler, um, do you work only with local patients or do you work with those outside of Orange County as well? Um, outside Orange County, but within California. So um, people in California, we can do telemedicine. You know, if someone isn't in our neighborhood, we're in Huntington Beach um, and our website, um, you can look us up, our website. We'll put it, we'll put it in the episode notes so that uh -huh. way everyone can find it. Yeah. Uh -huh. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah. Um, if anyone's interested, they could call. Um, I do meet and greets, you know, so if there's somebody who's sitting on the fence and they just want a little bit more information about whether or not they would be a good fit, you know, they could call and schedule a meet and greet with me. And I would talk about their chief concern and whether or not it would make sense, you know, um, and yeah, they get scheduled if they wanted to come in and see us here or anybody, any doctor, you know, mm -hmm. that's the main thing. And I hope is the take home message because, you know, the, this industry, you know, the fitness industry has had some problems lately. And if people would just get their labs checked, I think it would be a game changer. Mm -hmm. And I think it would, it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, again, I wanted, I want to thank you for being on the podcast and that's why um, I'm such a fan of yours and the practice, Dr. Lee's as well. Um, you know, someone like myself, I'm a competitor in my early thirties mm -hmm. and, and I want to know that I'm taking care of my body and I'm thinking long-term and I'm making good choices. And it's just, just to have, you know, when the times when something is a little off, you guys are amazing at, you know, providing solutions and cut, we catch that in the blood work. And it gives me the peace of mind too, to know that, Hey, I'm being smart and I'm taking care of myself and I don't have to lay awake at night worrying, 
you know, how my ovaries are doing or anything like that. So that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Yeah. And you are kind of a unicorn. We've got it. We yeah. gotta say a little bit of a unicorn, yeah, because um your your system is um so dialed in, you know. And Thank you. So- I think I think what happens is really I'm just you know I'm just that skinny ectomorph type of body, and my body it doesn't really have an issue being really lean. Yeah, you know? I know, and I think that's maybe just a genetic a genetic probably thing. So, probably so. Yeah. Well, I am so grateful for this platform and um the ability to convey to your audience. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you again. I I appreciate you, Dr. Singler. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Go give us a follow on Instagram at bikini underscore things. You can follow me at Laura underscore IFBB pro and my client page at more M-O-R-E athletics. And if you want to find out more about Dr. Kirsten Singler or Lee Regenerative, you can check out their website at leemedicalinstitute.com. You can also find Dr. Singler on Instagram at dr.singler and their Instagram for the practice at Lee Regenerative. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you in the next one.